CNN's Closer Ward actually uh, is able to get into Gaza to witness the Gazan humanitarian crisis, which is like pretty important. I, I will say this is uh, respect, much respect to Clarissa. It's not easy to get in there. You don't have to search for tragedy in Gaza. It finds you on every street, strewn with trash and stagnant water, desolate and foreboding. So we've just crossed the border into southern Gaza. This is the first time we've actually been able to get into Gaza since October 7th. And we are now driving to a field hospital that has been set up by the UAE. Up until now, Israel and Egypt... Egypt have made access for international journalists next to impossible, and you can see why. Since October 7th, the Israeli military says it has hit Gaza with more than 22,000 strikes. That by far surpasses anything we've seen in modern warfare in terms of intensity and ferocity, and we really, honestly, are just getting a glimpse of it here. Used to be right. a stadium. Arriving at the Emirati Field Hospital, we meet Sorry, Dr. Abdullah Al Nakbi. No sooner uh, does our tour begin when. So our ambulance. That's real life. And this is what you hear all the time now? Yes, at least 20 times a day. At least 20 times a day. Maybe more sometimes. Eight-year-old Janan was lucky enough to survive a strike on her family home that crushed her femur but spared her immediate family. She says she's not in pain, so that's good. Her mother, Hiba, was out when it happened. I went to the hospital to look for her, she says, and I came here and I found her here. The doctors told me what happened with her, and I made sure that she's okay. Thank God. As we leave Janan, Dr. Al Nakbi comes back with the news of casualties arriving from the strike just 10 minutes earlier. So just because they will send right now two amputated uh, young uh, male uh, from uh, the, just the bomb. You from hear. the cusp we just yes. heard, from the bomb we just heard. This is uh, my understanding. Okay. They will arrive to our radio. Listen, we've seen this a million times over, right? Since the beginning. But Americans have not. So it's really, really, really important that like CNN watchers also get a personal glimpse into the genocide that the American government is contributing to. This is something that the Israeli government wanted to avoid like the f***ing plague. The fact that this is like uh, being played on CNN is, is really important. In every bed, another gut punch. Less than two years old, Amir still doesn't know that his parents and siblings were killed in the strike that disfigured him. Yesterday, he saw a nurse that looked like his father. His aunt, Nahaya, tells us he kept screaming, Dad, Dad, Dad. Amir is still too young to comprehend the horror all around him. But 20-year-old Lama understands it all too well. Ten weeks ago, she was studying engineering at university and helping to plan her sister's wedding. Today, she is recovering from the amputation of her right leg. Her family followed Israeli military orders and fled from the north to the south. But the house where they were seeking shelter was hit in a strike. The world isn't listening to us, she says. Nobody cares about us. We have been dying for over 60 days, dying from the bombing. 
and nobody did anything. Words of condemnation delivered in a thin rasp. But does anyone hear them? Like Grozny, Aleppo, and Mariupol, Gaza will go down as one of the great horrors of modern warfare. So here's the thing. This directly contradicts the overarching prevailing narrative in major media and the reason for why you have an Israeli foreign ministry guy contextualizing their acts of violence every single time they do it in real time on CNN is so that they can control the narrative and say, no, 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 we're doing precision strikes, targeted strikes. These are all deliberate. It's by design. Don't fucking worry about it. And the, that way, the only thing you see on social media, which, you know, uh, older generations already don't really trust or are scared of unless it like directly confirms their biases, right? Like the anti-vaxxer shit or QAnon or whatever. Is, is basically dished out with uh, or, or brushed away with a Pallywood narrative. When you have Clarissa Ward of CNN, decorated fucking journalist, now showing a baby and a 20-year-old engineering student who was victim to Israel's discriminate, not indiscriminate, precise striking, then it turns a lot of people's attitudes. Then it changes a lot of people's minds. I can fucking yell here every day in perpetuity and show you this death and show you this devastation and it will fall on deaf ears to a certain demographics that will never see it. They will never look at what I'm saying and treat it as though I'm serious or an honest actor that can just like cast it away because it's CNN. Those very same people will look at that and go, okay, wait a minute. I didn't know it was like this. I didn't know it was this severe. Now, the death toll in Gaza as a result of Israel's frenzy bombardment currently hovers at roughly 18,000. If you do the math, extrapolating is the UN says that two-thirds uh, of the casualties roughly are civilians. That uh, is about 11,800 civilians who have been killed in just over two months. And to give you a comparison... In the first year of the U.S. invasion of Iraq in 2003, uh, according to an independent research organization, some 7,700 civilians were killed by U.S. forces. Yep. In 20 years in Afghanistan, according to independent research groups, some 12,000 civilians were killed. So in just two months... You're now approaching 12,000 civilians, and that's the same amount who were killed in 20 years uh, during the U.S.'s war in Afghanistan. So this is true. Plus displacement in the millions. No, CNN and other news outlets will now turn on Israel, pretending moral outrage to save face while the U.S. will tacitly accept the genocide. They are trying to support genocide while taking the moral high ground. No. I mean, there's truth to what you're saying, and, and what you're saying is exactly how it will play out, but... I don't care about that. I care about the way that this is being perceived by a broader public. I also look at this from a very realistic perspective. As someone who's been advocating for Palestinians for the past 10 years publicly, I've never seen this level of like insider humanizing coverage on the plight of Palestinians. It took tens of thousands of dead uh, uh, civilians to get here. But this certainly changes people's perspectives. 20,000 Palestinians, UN estimation being that two-thirds is civilians. It's probably even higher than that. It's always difficult to compare conflicts, um, but I would just say it is so striking that the people of Gaza have nowhere they can go, have nowhere that is safe. They are literally being told to move from the north as the north gets bombed. They move to the south and the south gets bombed. Now they're expected to move to a different area in central Gaza. And let's be very clear, it is not easy to move around right now in Gaza. We saw almost no cars on the streets. People do not have fuel. People are afraid 
to try to make road runs because of the risk that that incurs. And so, of course, you are seeing horrific impact, not just in terms of the civilian casualties that we talked about, but in terms of the humanitarian crisis. You're talking about malnutrition. Yeah, if you scale the population, it's even more sinister since Gaza has only 2 million people and Iraq and Afghanistan have some 10x at the start of the century. That and also it's in a much larger, in a much broader area of conflict. It's an entire country versus a tiny fucking sliver of an open air prison that Israel has relegated these 2.2 million Gazans to. They're internal refugees. It's The cruelty is fucking unimaginable, dude. It is so fucked up. One extra point that I really need to make here, Phil, because I think it's important. This was our first time being able to gain access into Gaza. But the journalists in Gaza have been doing heroic, extraordinary... What the fuck is going on with the CNN coverage, man? What's happening? This is like the second time this shit happened. They have paid such a high price for that. This deadliest conflict for journalists that we have seen in decades. Yeah, this is the other part of the coverage that I'm like genuinely shocked that the Western media didn't immediately get into. Journalists in the United States of America are like, in many instances, just petty fucking assholes. But there is one thing that they care about, which is like journalism being under attack, right? They love talking about how, you know, a journalist, even in a fucking foreign ally, and certainly in a foreign adversary, whenever a journalist is like under attack, they see it as like the entire profession being under attack. But this is the first time I've ever we seen them trying. like straight up, not even fucking talk about it. You have a perfect storm here with massive bombardment, an inability to create safe zones, an inability to get humanitarian access where it's needed, and incredibly brave journalists who are doing everything they can to tell the stories and bring the reality to the world, but the frustration of international journalists who can't get in to try to complement and supplement their efforts. So it is, it is remarkable and such an important picture that you paint. I was struck by in that field hospital, so much of what we've talked about has been what is needed in terms of medical supplies, as you just pointed out, um, and, and what that can mean but also the electricity. And there was so much talk about fuel in the beginning and fuel being needed to run generators at hospitals. How That field hospital that you were at, how was it able to operate and to run some of those mm -hmm. machines? And is it at risk? So Erica, because that field hospital is operated by the Emirates and because the Emirates have a normalized relationship with Israel, they are able to get supplies in, get fuel in, in a way that the vast majority of hospitals in Gaza are not. And even they face very real challenges, endless bureaucracy, onerous waits at the border trying to get those supplies in. Let me explain something to you. Chat, this is one of the first instances where you are watching this atrocity happen, like you're watching the impact of Israel's bombing campaign, and there is no Jonathan Conconcreus on the side of the fucking screen with his big-ass Frankenstein-ass head going, oh, this is a, a totally valid act of terror. We had to do it. That's the first fucking time you're seeing a white American woman, a respected journalist, a respected conflict reporter, and no fucking contextualization whatsoever is occurring. 67 fucking days it took. 67 fucking days it took. Think about how important it is that this level of, like, contextualization occurs. That's precisely the reason why they won't do it. You got Clarissa Ward, who was like ducking when rockets were falling around her, as she claimed. You got her week one doing that. 
And now, week fucking, however many weeks have passed by now, it's like 70 fucking days almost. Now this is her coverage. I don't like it when she did the other thing, but I do like it when she does this because the other thing finally contributes to her being seen as like a legitimate person by by the broader CNN uh, audience. Why is this happening? It's because of all the pressure that people globally have put upon their administrations. It's because of the severe demonstrations that have occurred over and over again, everywhere, that it's getting to a point where governments can't just turn a blind eye and, and say, nah, it's fine. We're just going to do uh, whatever we've been doing. We're going to stay the course. We're going to keep Israel. Uh, we're going to let Israel do whatever the fuck it wants. That's what it is. You're seeing American allies start to turn. She's not a government official. First of all, as, a, as CNN's conflict reporter, she's more of a government official than like a, a local council district member, okay? Let me just explain that real quick. This is an extension. As far as foreign policy goes, CNN is an extension of the State Department. Mainstream media is an extension of, of America's State Department and its interests. This, to me, signals something very important, much more important than even like Bernie Sanders saying some shit about Israel. This, to me, spells trouble for Israel and America recognizing that it's on tenuous ground. Israel's actions have gone above and beyond and perhaps maybe even way too fucking far. She says this today. Anthony Blinken talks about it two days from now under much more somber tone, under much more somber terms. Do you get it? Kind of wonder why or how Israel even let her in. I don't know how she snuck in. It is very interesting. She went in with the UAE for sure, but I, I don't know how. Does Egypt not allow crossings along Rafah for journalists? I doubt Israel would let would want Clarissa Ward to go in without an IDF, without like an IDF troop. Israel has allowed American and Western journalists to go into Gaza, but they have to go in with IDF. And Israel does have some level of control over the Rafah border with Egypt, as they've, as she also brought up, which is precisely the reason why I'm confused as to how she was able to get in or whether Israel allowed it or not. And I don't think Israel would allow this to happen because when you go in with an IDF, uh, with a troop, with a battalion, they say it's for protection, but it's also because like they don't want to kill you on accident or deliberately. But the other reason why they uh, let you go with the IDF escort is because then IDF gets to literally comb through your footage to make sure that they have full editorial control. This is known. This is a thing that... Fareed Zakaria talked about, like, literally a, a month ago. So I'm genuinely shocked that she was able to get in there. I'm, I'm glad that she's getting in there. So the last piece of footage that I just showed you also plays along very well with this. This is, I don't want to say leak, but this is something that you are allowed to see and hear about what Israel is doing. And it's a big fucking deal. The fact that this is reported in the news that they're talking about nearly half of the Israeli munitions dropped on Gaza are dumb bombs, U.S. intelligence finds, is legitimately a break-off, a breaking point. You don't do this unless you, one, have people who want to wash their hands of this because they see the operations going in a direction that is really unsustainable, or you don't do this unless you have a shit ton of people in the State Department that are like, I don't want to be a part of this. Like, like I personally, at an even higher level, I'm like, this is too much. Now, the second thing is is uh, palace intrigue, and I don't think that that's true. I don't think that uh, there are a lot of people who are in the American State Department or in the uh, American intelligence apparatus that are, like, legitimately going, oh, I can't believe these atrocities. I think it's more so the first one, especially because America has been giving them more dumb bombs. This news, this this came almost immediately after America 
uh, uh, Joe Biden, under emergency authorization, sent Israel a shit ton of dumb bombs. The difference between smart bombs and dumb bombs, for those of you who don't know, dumb bombs are like artillery, even though some artillery even has like smart guiding systems now, apparently, which is fucking crazy. But it's like tank shell. Smart bombs, on the other hand, are JDAMs, the, the guidance systems that you can attach to otherwise dumb bombs like the Mark 84. The entire point of this is uh, precise striking capabilities. Israel has uh, taken a lot of pride in claiming that their weapon systems are super precise and every single bomb being dropped is actually, again, done uh, with the full knowledge of like what target you're striking. This completely destroys the idea that Israel is not carpet bombing Gaza. Nearly half of the Israeli munitions dropped on Gaza are dumb bombs. Goes completely against the surgical precision narrative that they have been expertly trying to craft. This alongside with the New York Times coverage showcasing what has happened to Gaza. With a map, with satellite imagery showing exactly what Gaza looks like now and what it used to look like destroys this narrative entirely. Not for us, because we've seen it. We've seen these atrocities. You already knew all of this. But this is important because this is for your dad. This is for your mom. This is for your grandparents. This is for your aunt and your uncle. Because you are in the age demographic of uh, Hassan Hassan Ivy Piker, a consumer, a watcher of, of news on TikTok, social media. You almost impossible for you to not see this kind of coverage and the, the death and devastation. But your parents, they've only seen what CNN is showing them. If half of the munitions is a dumb bomb, doesn't it discredit the deliberacy that Israel is doing in sparing as many civilians as possible? Absolutely, my friend. That is precisely the point. The White House said a major directive for Jake Sullivan is to pressure Israeli leaders to be more surgical and precise in their pursuit of Hamas in order to reduce harm to civilians. But CNN is learning that thousands of the air-to-ground military weapons used in Gaza since the Hamas terror attack have been unguided. CNN national security reporter Natasha Bertrand is here with the details. Um, this is illuminating reporting, especially in the wake of President Biden saying that Israel is engaged in indiscriminate bombing. Bro, they're also latching on to every minor quote that Biden has made that is even a little bit critical of Israel. That motherfucker, Joseph Robinette Biden, got a whole bunch of psychotic, bloodthirsty nonsense in that Hanukkah special, right? And the media grabbed on to the one instance where he was a little critical of Israel, where he said, you guys are indiscriminately bombing, and that's actually going to hurt. That is actually going to hurt the public attitude towards Israel and the way that uh, Israel is being received in the public. And the media swarmed on that quote. They were looking for anything from Biden that goes against the grain, which is precisely why I think the public attitude is shifting and you will see older demographics who legitimately do matter in the eyes of all of our cowardly politicians because they are the voters. They are the ones with disposable income. When they start seeing this kind of coverage in a week or so, the attitude in America will be much, much more different. This is why I've been fucking screaming from the rooftops since day one for more adequate coverage on the matter. I feel like you think too highly of the older people that think that smart dumb is just bombing being bad in general. Wait, what? No, man. This The reason why I'm talking about the dumb bomb, smart bomb narrative is because like it, it, it goes against what Israel has said. Israel is the most moral army in the world. Israel is doing everything and anything and everything they can to avoid civilian casualties. Israel is the only democracy in the world. Those are the three major narratives that like a shit ton of boomers believe. They're all lies. If you look at the fucking reality on the ground, you're like, get the fuck out of here. But boomers don't see the reality on the ground because they're only watching Jonathan Conkunkrius every time they see a fucking blown out hospital.
Do you understand? This is precisely the reason why this kind of coverage is actually good because it literally rips into that narrative, the, the prevailing narrative that, that what's going on here is, is that uh, Israel isn't the most moral army, turns out. Dude, they just entered our country, went to a rave, and just slaughtered everyone who was there. How can you say that we are wrong here? Brother, it is disproportionate and it is unacceptable. And yes, while the actions on October 7th conducted by Palestinian militants, Hamas, and, and others as well, is an act of terror because it overwhelmingly targeted civilian populations, the notion that you can get mad at that, but you literally think Israel's deliberate targeting of civilians over the course of the past fucking 60 plus days is totally valid, shows me that you are incapable of seeing Palestinians as human. But it makes sense that you don't see Palestinians as human, because if you saw them as human, you'd be mad. You'd be so mad that Israel has been doing this apartheid shit for so long. First of all, we don't. Second of all, it's like picking a fight with your older brother because, of course, you will lose. Basically admitting that it is a... Uh, you're responding to what Chad says because Israel's committing genocide. You go, first of all, we don't. And second of all, it's like picking a fight with your older brother because, of course, you will lose. It's silly as fuck. You're doing might is right politics. You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. He said he thinks he knows everything because he lives in Israel. Doesn't need to watch dumb reports. Yeah. Brother, I live in the United States of America, and I could tell you there are a lot of dumb motherfuckers here, okay? There are a lot of dumb motherfuckers living in the United States of America who think everything that America is doing is great. So just because you live in Israel doesn't mean that you actually understand the full scope of the matter. As a matter of fact, I watch a lot of Israeli news as well. I, I read a lot of Hebrew newspapers specifically designed for the Israeli audience so I can get a better understanding of what the fuck's going on in Israel and how the attitudes shift. And let me tell you, a lot of what they show in the Israeli newspaper or in the Israeli news in general and in their Hebrew coverage is very, very different. Dude, my own brother fought terrorists in 710 just to stay alive, not to kill Palestinians. Yes, October 7th was the first and last time your brother actually fucking rose the arms to do something that is defensive, both legally permissible and morally permissible. October 8th, October 9th, and October 10th. And every day since then, as Israel has relentlessly bombed Gaza, the Gaza Strip is both illegal, immoral, and unjustifiable. Israel, according to international humanitarian law, does not have a right to defend itself because it is a belligerent occupier. It does not have a right to defend itself against those it has occupied. So if you or your brother had taken arms on October 6th, on October 5th, on October 4th, then that was not a justifiable action. This is not a matter of national security either. This is just simply a matter of revenge. And many people can't see it, and it's understandable. It's a traumatizing event, especially if you're close and personal, uh, if you're close and personally related to the victim. But if you can comprehend that from your perspective and why Israel is behaving the way that it does, then remember, 75 years of Palestinians and their entire lineage has experienced what you saw or what you felt and the fear that you had for a brief moment on October 7th. We just want them to stop doing whatever they want. They want to exist. That's the only thing they want. They want to exist. They want to live a life of dignity. They want to be able to have autonomy. They want to have a sense of purpose just like you do. And Israel won't allow that to happen because Israel is an apartheid state. The closer you come to terms with that reality and the closer you choose to fix that in your own country, the closer you arrive at permanent security for yourself, for your friends, for your family members, for everyone around you. If you don't want to do it from a morality perspective, remember, this is what Yitzhak Rabin also wanted. It wasn't morality for Yitzhak Rabin. It was a sense of permanent security. He recognized that it was impossible as long as Palestinians want a nation state. You fucking genocide them in its entirety. They're going to need, like, something. They're going to need... Uh 
Yeah, Pam, so what we learned is that the U.S. intelligence community assesses that of the roughly 29,000 air-to-ground munitions that Israel has dropped on Gaza over the last two-plus months, about 40 to 45 percent of those munitions have been unguided, also known as dumb bombs. Now, that stands in contrast, of course, to precision-guided munitions, which are sometimes laser-guided, GPS-guided, typically are more accurate and precise than unguided munitions, which experts told us really pose an elevated risk to civilians and can be less precise. And when you're talking about such a densely populated area like Gaza is, you know, the difference between a target reaching, uh, a a munition reaching its target within a few feet can mean uh, a matter of life and death uh, in such a densely populated area. And so the question is now, why is Israel using these dumb bombs? And we really don't have a great explanation at this point point. Um, US, the U.S. has provided Israel with the kinds of bomb kits that they can use to transform their munitions that they have in their stockpile into smart munitions, smart bombs that are you know, GPS or laser guided or other forms of, of, of precision guided munitions. Uh, but the Israelis are still choosing to use in a very large uh, p- proportion of the time these unguided munitions. And that really, according to the experts that we spoke to, undercuts the repeated Israeli argument that they are doing everything that they possibly can to minimize uh, civilian casualties. Now, we did get a statement after we published this story from uh, an IDF spokesperson who said that the type of munitions used in each strike is determined according to the characteristics of the target. And they said that they do take steps to mitigate the harm to civilians. But really, uh, the, the, uh, the sheer scale of the use of these dumb bombs has raised a lot of questions among experts uh, about why Israel's using them, whether it's necessary. And yeah, of I wonder course, why. If it's- I mean, this is like the funniest, mealy-mouthed, like, passive-tone-ass fucking way to cover this situation. It's like, many people are asking questions. Why Israel is using dumb bombs instead of smart ones if they want to minimize civilian casualties? Because they're doing a genocide. They're doing ethnic cleansing. We know why they're doing it. They've been saying that they're doing ethnic cleansing and their goal is to fucking raise Gaza. From the jump, it's so wild. Like, day one, they straight up were like, yeah, these guys are animals. We're going to kill them all. Fuck it. YOLO. Hamas just takes all the money we give them, and that's why they live in poverty, not because of us. <laughs> okay, bro. How can you even say that when people from my family died to defend Israel? So why are you saying it's all our fault? Because it is your fault. It's not your fault individually. But yeah, it is. It is Israel's fault. Israel is the occupying force here. Israel is the powerful force here. Israel is the force that is a nuclear power. Israel has a military. Israel is backed by the Western world. Like, think about it from the framework of, like, America versus Iraq. Maybe Israelis have a better understanding of this if I, th- if I talk to them with, like, terms of America. America did not need to invade Vietnam. It did not. But it did it anyway. For 20 fucking years, it occupied Vietnam. It's like if I was defending that and a Vietnamese person came in and was like, why the fuck are you bombing me? And I was like, well, you're making me bomb you. It's ridiculous. And you don't think it's for a reason and all the world supports us? No, the world doesn't support you. Leaders around the world support Israel, but the world doesn't support Israel. That's fucking crazy. The world does not support Israel's actions, brother. Be for fucking real for a moment. Just like if you are Israeli, you know that your government doesn't support your decisions unless you're like some psychotic Likudnik bibist, right? Like the government doesn't care about your interests either. 
our governments are the same. It's no different. They don't give a shit about what the actual population wants. But if you look at the actual population's wants and demands, especially globally, no, there are significantly more people that want to stop, that want to put an end to this fucking genocide and end the cleansing campaign than wanted to continue. So remember that. Yeah, also, look at the latest UN ceasefire vote. The world is overwhelmingly in favor of a ceasefire. Even leaders are now overwhelmingly in favor of a ceasefire, too. I don't want innocent people to die, but that is the price of a war. Yeah, brother. No, that's the, they're also the price of ethnic cleansing. Like you, you do want innocent people to die. If you live in Israel and you're not spending every fucking waking moment yelling at your government to stop the genocide, then you are no different than those who looked away. Those who looked away in other genocides. Okay, that's it. I was reading reports from someone talking about, like, I think it was a German person talking about, talking to their grandparents about how they let this happen, how they let the Holocaust happen. Like what, what the fuck? And the grandparents were like, we didn't know. We didn't know. And it's like, no, they fucking did know. They saw the smoke coming out of the concentration camps. They saw that they felt the scent. They knew. They fucking knew. They looked away and they acted like they didn't know. And that's precisely what's going on right now. You see the death. You see the destruction. And there's another more powerful force within you that says, I think this is allowed. I think it has to happen. I think it's okay. Come visit here and see the experience of an Israeli. Brother, I'm Muslim. And also incredibly outspoken against Israel for the past 10 years. You think I'm going to fucking go to Israel? Are you out of your mind? You think I'm going to be able to touch, uh, step foot inside of Israel and, and be unscathed? What are you, fucking nuts? How about instead of telling me to come visit there and see the experience of an Israeli, you fucking go with breaking the silence and many other institutions comprised of Israeli Jews that used to be pro-occupation and now are not. And go visit the fucking West Bank. I know you can't go to Gaza because, you know, Israel will kill you, but... You can go to the fucking West Bank. See how the Palestinians live in, in the West Bank. Why the fuck are you telling me to go to Israel? I know what it's like to be a fucking occupying colonial superpower with a fucking nuclear missile system, multiple nuclear missiles that literally gets off on doing ethnic cleansing on the, on the little guy, okay? I live it. I live it every day. I have brothers in Gaza. No, not your fucking brothers that are fighting in Gaza, dumb bitch. Go to the West Bank and see Palestinians like human beings. Yeah, I do. I live it. I live in America. My taxpayers are paying for you to fucking Jake melt Sullivan's Palestinian children right today. Now. Why do you not hate on Palestinians who fully fucking support Hamas, but Israelis who half support the Israeli government are fucking crazy murderers? Very simple question. Very simple answer. Palestinian emancipation is good. Israeli apartheid is bad. So even if you support half-heartedly the Israeli apartheid, you are participating in much more evil, graver evil. Has Hamas done evil things? Yes, they have. Killing civilians is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. But as far as the totality or the per capita civilian death in comparison to enemy combatants, for example, Hamas is the lesser evil. It doesn't feel like it because you're like, you're not conditioned into seeing it that way. But if you look at the numbers on the board and you look at who Hamas and other Palestinian militants targeted in comparison to civilians versus straight up civilians versus Israeli military forces, Hamas's percentage of civilian to military force casualty uh, percentage is significantly better than Israel's. That's one of the reasons on its face as to why I think that the Palestinian support for Hamas, which has increased as a consequence of Israel's actions in Gaza, is totally understandable. Whereas the Israeli support for the Israeli government's offensive actions, which it does not have a right to do so, by the way, is not permissible by my standard because I don't think it's appropriate. Israel does not have a right to defend itself as the belligerent occupier, as the nuclear superpower. Palestinian resistance, however, does have a right to defend itself legally and morally. And you would do the same thing. You would do the absolute same thing. Every single one of us 
hopefully would have the same bravery, the same courage to be able to defend their loved ones, to defend their homes. We would do the same fucking thing. If someone came from nowhere, blew up your goddamn house, killed your fucking family members, if you didn't take up arms and you didn't fight back, you'd be a fucking coward. To be honest, I would if I was Palestinian probably. There you go. Okay, but do you see how an Israeli would support their same side the way a Palestinian would? Yes, I do. But it's wrong. And that's my point. I know why Israelis would be biased towards Palestinians. I get that. It's still wrong, though. That doesn't change whether or not it's appropriate or whether or not it's wrong. That's the point. And I make that point all the time. I make that point every day. And I try to get Americans to understand this perspective in America. Because Americans also feel the same exact way about our foreign adversaries. We think about our foreign adversaries as pure evil. And all of our actions overseas is actually good. Sometimes we might not agree with it, but ultimately, it's kind of for the betterment of society. Because after all, if our enemies were to win, it would be much, much worse. That's the reason why a lot of people can't come in here and be like, well, why don't you wash your hands of America's uh, death and destruction? Because I do that on a daily fucking basis. As a matter of fact, I would chalk up a lot of Israel's death and destruction to America as well. This is something that many progressives need to think about because there are a lot of progressives now who are coming to that recognition that like Israel's actions against Palestinians is actually completely unjustifiable, wrong, morally abhorrent. And yet they have a, a... Different way of looking at America's actions overseas, America's actions globally in death and destabilization. And to them, I say, if you can't comprehend why Israelis are ultra-Zionists and hate Palestinians and dehumanize them and think the Israeli occupying forces attitude is actually correct, if you cannot come to terms with their reality, maybe just look within.